All right, Mike, back for another one. Rory, here we yeah. are again. Markets, obviously, um, recording this on Friday. Yep. Just as markets are coming to a close. Yeah. Um, here in London, anyway. Bit of data that was released this week, anyway. A few notes of it. European PMI this morning was lower mm-hmm. at 45.5. That's the lowest, actually, from May 2020. Interesting. So, quite low there. US building permits are also down. I thought they were going to continue up. Obviously, building permits in the US can provide an insight into the bank's willingness to lend some money. Yeah. As well as into, yep. you know, Obviously, housing and construction in the U.S. is a big, big part of the Absolutely. Um, GDP. So it's important to see how that's going. As well as UK inflation, 10.1. Yeah. Still in double digits. Stop. I think we'll um, <laughs> we'll get back to that. In 5% another. here we come. Yeah. <laughs> but no, yeah, no, listen. I think we'll get back to that in another podcast, definitely, won't we? Yeah. yeah. First two, albeit bleak, it is, you know, the harsh reality that comes with interest rate hikes yeah. and, you know, slowdowns being engineered by central banks. Yeah. The simplicity of it is... These are good signs that, you know, these hikes are having an impact yep. and uh, the economy is responding as it should. Yep. So, albeit bleak, it is kind of positive. It's what Mark expects. Um, it's playing by the rule book, I mean. Absolutely. I feel as though that rule book has kind of been chopped and changed and chucked out and brought back in so yeah. often and yeah. it's just... People didn't believe in it for a long time. No, no. You know, And why would you if you're raising interest rates, you know? Six or seven times consecutively, yep. and inflation still rises. Yeah, why would you believe in it? Yeah, it's it's a very it's a difficult one. Um, you know, kind of just touching on it. Uh, US seems to be, um, you know, most uh, ahead with their battle against inflation. Yeah, obviously they're they're near in parity with regards to interest rates, and you know the headline inflation rates. They're almost there. So you know. They've done well and, you know, we're seeing obviously the implications of this freight high cycle within, as you said, the construction sector within, yeah. um, you know, the real economy. You, you, Some people may suggest that that's probab- that could be perceived as um, a response to the financial instability within, you know, the banking sectors, uh, you know, obviously more prominently in terms of regional banks over in America. Um, and their willingness to lend money to developers and construction companies might be, but obviously, you know, whether it is or it isn't, you know, it's still um, resulting in in one aspect of the greater picture, which is the slowdown that needs to come. And, you know, ultimately, again, as we said, markets are somewhat doing what they should be doing. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's been reflected quite well, even on the earnings releases. Yeah. We started seeing out last week, um, Q3 earnings 2022, Q4 was somewhat quite strong. Mm. And then obviously we've came in now to Q1 2023 and we've started seeing a lot of inlines, a, f- a few misses. Yeah. One of, one of the major ones, you know, we started seeing obviously here was Tesla. Yeah. Um, 85 versus 86 non-gap, 73 versus 73 gap. Yeah. I mean, revenues were um, pretty much in line, mm. but margins were slightly lower. Yeah, it's um, an interesting one. I feel as though Tesla is again almost like a beast in itself right it's um do people invest in the company or do they invest in the person both both and i feel as though i posted about this in the app you can't really look at tesla without looking at the guy behind the helm yeah you know elon musk he's not your regular ceo he's not your normal boy that's for sure um a ceo usually has 30 years of ceo experience running multiple companies in the same sector Multiple very, turnaround stories. Very much. You know, very, very highly regarded. Elon, I'm not saying that Elon Musk isn't highly regarded, but 
Listen, you know, when yeah. things go wrong with Twitter, you know, that has a spillover effect on yeah. Tesla. You know, SpaceX launched a rocket earlier this week. It blew up after four yeah. minutes. They were still and, proud of it, though. <laughs> and again, that has an impact on, you know, Tesla. Yeah. And again, the man has most of his personal fortune tied up in Tesla stock. Yeah. Part of me thinks admirable. I like that. A yeah. skin in the game, you know your incentives are aligned there so yeah. one part's me you know you know took my cap to him um on the other side you know again great question are you invested in the company or the man yeah and exactly. it's it's almost a conflict because if for whatever reason elon's brought into a discussion and b discussion and it could have nothing to do with you know the running of his companies it's going to have some impact on mm -hmm you know, the companies that he runs and obviously Doge Boy. Exactly, uh, yeah. I think was it some I saw something recently it's he's I think you might have tweeted about Doge again and another Did spike it, yeah. or something like that. So you know I don't know, I don't follow any cryptocurrency yeah, anymore. No, I just I, I kind of almost respect his willingness to get involved with that. I love that. But um, yeah. it's yeah, it's again wider picture, some earnings coming out more in line, they're not overshooting again. Yeah, this is kind of what we need to see, isn't it? Yeah, we did see um, obviously Goldman Sachs miss a bit. Morgan Stanley as well here missed obviously one seventy versus one seventy five estimate. Um, revenue was up though. Yeah, you know over four hundred million of, for uh, Morgan. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, still quite strong there in terms of revenue, but obviously EPS just wasn't there. I think next week though we do see. I think it's forty one percent of the S and P five hundred actually report next week. Wow! So, so we see big, Amazon, big Amazon, Apple, Microsoft, yeah, the big hitters. I, I think for me, touching on you know obviously um, the banks that you just alluded yeah. to there. One thing I was really really interested to see with Goldman was their performance in asset management did well. They were in the green, but their performance when it came to revenue associated with fixed income trading was poor. Yeah. And yes, okay, you know, we've seen Silicon Valley Bank, you know, go, go under as a result of being caught on the wrong side with regards to their fixed income product. Yeah. But volatility within these markets, you know, provide opportunities for scalpers to make a profit. Yeah. If your trader is worth your salt, yeah. they welcome periods of volatility. Yeah. within markets. Volatility is a trader's best friend, portfolio manager's worst nightmare. Well, there you go. That's the saying. And my point is this, if Goldman's is, you know, perceived to be the bank on the street, you know, very much a tier one name, Goldman, JP, Goldman, Most JP. prestigious name yeah. out there. If you work for Goldman, you, you know, you're top, you you, yeah. you you are the boy, you are the girl kind the of thing. Show flair, right? Canada goose show, you know. <laughs> yeah, but it's just like with all that volatility, I was surprised to see, you know, their fixed income earnings in the reds. Yeah. You couldn't really ask for a more, um, you know, better, better suited environment in order to, to make money, you know, yeah. whether it's on a daily basis, weekly basis, you know, your your movements were there. Yeah. So I was very surprised there. Um but again, moving away from the banks now, I think, you know, next week, as you said, mostly S&P are reporting earnings. More manufacturing, more tech companies. I think the one to watch is Amazon. Yeah. You know, with their implications. Amazon is an economy. There you go. You know, they are, yeah. you know, people buy food, people buy discretionary items from there. You know, I think Amazon can show what, what the consumer is really doing. Took the words you out know, of my mouth. Amex, exactly Amex too. They also reported earnings down. How do Amex make money? 
yeah people borrowing yeah exactly if people yeah, aren't cards, if people aren't using yeah, their amex card yeah. then if you can see amex down where do people use most uh, where do people use their amex cards in stores on amazon yeah well there you so go so if yeah. you can see amex down you could nearly predict that's a great shout you know that's that amazon could come down that's and this is just shout. how i would this is how i actually would structure trade ideas you know i would see things like that it would click in the shower turn the shower off straight away and go in and start writing this down and yeah you know look at it and it's just that's just how the skeleton idea of really how it comes together yeah no uh, you know it's, it's a great point so I'm, I'm, well i'm not saying that this is going to happen or that's you know it's just it's not a rule book but no you know, we but could it goes, look towards it yeah and the nuts and bolts of the economy like the consumer discretionary the manufacturing companies you know i think that they are really what shows how the economy is doing services mm. based you know finance things like that can be inflated quite a lot yeah you know absolutely. services can be inflated absolutely you know you, you look uh, I think Warren Buffett kind of alluded to it as well, you know, in terms of, you know, tarting up a, a financial statement. That's just, that just takes a bit of accounting know-how. Yeah. You know, brush up this this uh, figure, yeah. brush down that figure. Yeah. Um, Write this off, put money there. Yeah, exactly. Sign it's, this. You know, it's just a bit yeah. of uh, accounting hocus-pocus. Yeah. Um, but, you know, again, it, as you said, Amazon is the real economy. Yeah. Uh, it is an economy in itself. So, you know, that's definitely one to watch. Um if we are looking towards a slowdown we would kind of have to hope that amazon sees you know expectations at best in line yeah but you know probably more favorable and again bleak but it's the harsh reality we might need to see them undershoot yeah um again it will be interesting to see um what they come out with and then obviously it kind of reflects as well what it's been look like in the US, UK, Europe, and then obviously, you know, pre, you know, Eurozone, UK, US, with regards to their battle against inflation. Yeah. All at different stages, you know, some are stickier than others. So, yeah, definitely. Definitely. That'll be the one to look out for next week, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on that. Maybe even do like a live webinar or something on the app when it's coming out earnings. Yeah. So we'll have a look at it. Other things to look out for this week then, gold obviously pushing higher up to 2000 and yeah. oil making that bit of a move lower, you know, which is somewhat maybe surprising given that, you know, US dollars still mm. obviously quite weak. Mm. Um, what do you think gold, is gold going to push up to 3000, do you think? Or does gold do, push to 3000? Or do we, do we just leave it where it is at 2000? I think gold is struggling to find a home at the minute. I really do. Mm. Um, yes, we've seen things like the VIX kind of stabilise back below 20. I think we're around 17 as of recording 18, this. Yeah. Around that. So, you know, sentiment is kind of improving, you know, obviously since, you know, the turmoil of Feb, March kind of time. But, you know, there's still a bit of lingering in terms of um, risk on, risk off appetite. It's not quite clear. Yeah. There's not a general direction in which, you know, all markets are abiding by. Yes, things like Brent, things like WTI, things like gold are going to benefit from a weaker dollar. Yes, I, I think so. But obviously gold being, you know, the traditional hedge against inflation. See if you have an asset that right. go to, you know. is you know, if you go down the route of analysing gold as, you know, the, inha uh, the inflation hedge. Yeah you may not see as much appetite for the precious metal because most people would suggest US over the most, over the worst of it. Same with the Eurozone. UK, bit more iffy, but can't really go much higher than here, I would have thought. So in terms of inflation play, 
Maybe not. Yeah. You know, I feel as though, if anything, gold is going to benefit from the, you know, safe haven flows uh, yeah. uh, as opposed to your, your inflation flows. Um, I personally feel as though gold's going to play a bigger part in people's investment portfolios, whether that's retail, whether that's, you know, the big shops, hedge mm-hmm. funds, asset managers, whoever they may be. Because, you know, again, there's a clear lack of direction um, with regards to overall market trends. Yeah. If they don't have a large allocation, they'll have some allocation. Yeah. So I don't know if we're going to see, you know, flows up to 3,000. But I do feel as though the 2,000 kind of area, go 100 north and 100 south of that, is yeah. typically a range that we're going to see until an overwhelming sentiment takes place. Again, I know we kind of bang on about interest rates, but I feel as though that, you know, the rate height cycle, inflation is going to help dictate that sentiment. Yeah. I mean, with interest rates, you know, moving this, you know, this much higher, I mean, what we've got, is it 4% on 10 year treasuries, 3.5% on 10 Something year like treasuries? I've, like I've actually had it written down before we came in. 10 years at 3.5%, two months are actually at 5%. Mm. You know, so fixed, fixed income, you know, bonds are obviously, obviously quite cheap at the minute. Yep. A lot of people are going to be investing into bonds and then potentially just leaving it there for the 10-year. Yeah, I mean... Know, because, I mean, not there's not too many places out there that you're going to be able to get, you know, that sort of return, nope. you know, guaranteed over the next X amount of years, especially in the US Treasury market. Yeah, and it'll be yeah. interesting to see once... I mean, obviously, we're not there with regards to any uh, economy and their terminal rate being hit. I think we've got ways to go in the UK. We'll get on to that in a minute. Yeah. But, you know, US, I still think we've got, you know, maybe quarter, half a bit more. You know, the, the popular narrative now is five minimum north of five could be a reality. Yeah. Uh, my point being, obviously, with rollovers in, you know, the money markets, the issuance of these new bonds at higher rates when they do come to fruition. Yeah. I definitely think we could see, you know, a huge influx into the bond market yeah. once terminal rate has been solidified with people demanding these high yielders as, yeah. you know, defensive aspects of their portfolios. Yeah. Imagine turning around to a portfolio manager, you know, 2015, 2016 and saying bonds, you know, govy bonds are going to yield you 5%. Yeah. They'd bite your arm off for it. They would, yeah. And you, you used to get nothing. I mean, they were always in, in real terms, they were nearly in negative territory. They, I, I, saw, I, I can't remember the exact figure, uh, but I saw it earlier in Q1. Yeah. Uh, US Govy bonds at north of 4% yield per annum yield a higher uh, dividend uh, payment or earnings than like a quarter or something of the, of the S&P. So it was something ridiculous. Yeah. Right? I, I couldn't believe it when, when I saw it. I yeah. was like, well, and I mean, why it's guaranteed money. It's guaranteed cash flow. Are you going to risk, you know, your return with a dividend stock that may not be performing well in terms of stock price movement and earnings, which will ultimately impact the dividend they're able to pay out? Or will you take the safe bet and plug your allocation into govies that are going to yield, you know, what they say they're going to yield at 4 or 5%? It's a no-brainer to me. Exactly. And that's the sort of thing I get through thinking, you know, back to gold again. Is yeah. people going to start investing back into gold? Obviously, gold doesn't yield any return bar, the, you know, the price movement. Yeah. You know, if you want to yield 10% in gold, it has to move to, what, 2200 It's a good point. It's you a know, good point. Is it going to move back up there? You're kind of coining gold you know, 
versus Gavi's versus yeah. your body. It's, it's, that's a good point. It's a you good know, point. And you have to look at it in that sense too. I mean, I think I commented under something at your post um, saying that if we go back to 2011, gold was actually up at $1,800 at one stage. Yep. Scroll back to now, 2023, it's at 2000 Let's call it 1800 because it was not that long ago. Mm. So gold's moved sideways in the space of 12 years. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, there's not too many assets in the S&P 500 that have moved sideways. For such a long period of time. In, you know, in that, yes, it's considered a safe haven and you can't compare it as a risk asset. Mm. But I mean, there's a lot of things out there you could have invested your money in and made a lot of money. And there's a lot of, you know, names yeah. even within equities, which yeah. are considered to be typical safe havens. But, you know, quality, quality names in which, Blue chip you know, companies. Yeah. Like, you know, your big names within, you know, the likes of Apple, your Coca-Colas, those boys and girls in the street, which are... Consumer cons staples, healthcare, defensive... Quality, quality names in which, you know, if you invested in them in a decade and compare the stock price to what it was then to what it is now, you know, you'd see a nice healthy uptick. Yeah. You know, and then you can make the argument, well, why would I invest in gold as a sort of protective defensive play if yeah. I could have just done, you know, a staple or a big brand name that's and not dividends. going anytime soon and earn dividends yeah. and also, you know, benefit from the appreciation in the stock yeah. price. So I get your point and it's, it's a really interesting one. For me, short-term answers to the question, I feel as though 2000 is going to be a sort of flirtation point yeah. for the rest of the quarter at least. Yeah. Um, I mean, one thing to bear in mind as well is that, you know, as much as we can't say it in the UK, but across the world, we're out of this inflation, not out of the inflationary environment, but we're definitely heading south, mm. you know. And now that we're heading out of this inflationary sort of environment, gold needs inflation of some sort to move the price higher. Yes. So now that inflation isn't there to back that higher price, why why should gold be three thousand? Agreed. A dollar. Agreed. And, you know, if you break down what gold is, well, gold's mined in South Africa, Canada, Alaska. Yeah. It's mined in all these different places. Yep. What determines people mine them? Well, it's wages. It's the price of price of gas and oil for the machines is a huge, huge part of it. Mm -hmm. So I actually done a placement at a company who used to supply a lot of screening equipment out to gold mines. Okay. So one of their major um, components is these big screen equipment, JCBs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a lot of things run on diesel. Yeah. So if the price of diesel's coming down... Yeah. then they're not really too concerned about the price of gold, what they're going to sell it for. No, of course. So if the price of oil goes up, the price of diesel's gone up, the price of wages gone up, then these mines want to start selling gold of at course, a higher price. Of course, of course. Yep, you have to remember the supply chain, where everything comes back Absolutely. to. Absolutely. You know? So that's just one of my real sort of takes on it as well. No, it's a good point. You know, I feel as though, again, if we see, you know, G7s, developed economies move away from inflation or at least yeah. get it somewhat under wraps, yeah. Is there much sort of incentive to flock to gold? Probably not. Yeah. But, you know, I feel as though right now it's benefiting from lack of clarity with inflation mm -hmm. and market sentiment. Yeah. You know, and I, I actually got a question a couple of weeks ago about um, in terms of buying physical gold. Right. You know, one of the things that I always say is that if you buy physical gold right now, it's $2,000 an ounce. Mm. But $2,000 an ounce isn't the price you'll pay for gold. Mm. Obviously, the more you buy, the more of a discount you get. Yeah. But yep, the biggest yep. discount you'll get is what? Two thousand mm. dollars. You'll always pay two thousand dollars. They'll never give you anything less. Yeah. If you go and buy one ounce of gold, they'll maybe charge you two thousand and eighty dollars because yep. they'll want a premium on top of that oh, because of you're getting so be. little. Yeah. If you do, let's just say you buy a million pound worth of gold, right? Mm. What do, where do you buy it? 
This is always the question I ask people. Well, I have a good clue. Where do you buy? Where do you buy a million pounds well, worth? Especially in the UK, I have no well, idea. Well, you have two options. You can buy it online, right? Or you can buy it, hold it physically, right? And if you want to hold it physically, yeah. You where, where do you, where do you buy physical? Well, you, you can buy it in quite a lot of places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you need to pay for the smelting of it, so you need to buy yeah. it in. Yeah, yeah. Which is fine because that's our objective. But you need to pay to insure it. You need to pay to store it, and these are costs. Costs. You know, they, these are actual costs that then you have to bear on yeah. top of inflation, mm. on top of the dividends not being received from anything. Yeah, yeah, it's a pricey game to get involved with. So, I mean, oh. if you were holding a million pound worth of gold today... I wouldn't be holding it physical. I'd be holding it in, you know, an ETF or whatever. And, yeah, I would and, not be holding it in a physical you, storage. And do sure. you trust the ETF with a million pound? <sighs> you know, that's, another, that's another kind of one. Yeah. You know, that's one. just my open-ended yeah, question, yeah, everybody. Yeah. It's one of the reasons why, you know, yeah... I know that there's so many people listening going to say, will you trust this company with a million pound? Would you trust that company? Well, of course not. I would diversify it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I might have a bit in gold, but obviously not a lot. Yeah. But that's just my opinion. I think we're definitely, yeah, we're going to open a can of worms here. And <laughs> if we <laughs> if we go any further, um, I think that's pretty much everything covers this week. Next week, obviously a big week in earnings coming up. Absolutely. Um, so we'll be keeping an eye out on that. As I said, um, just on the CME Fed watch tool there, I was looking, obviously two interest rate cuts priced into this year. To bring us back to four fifty to four seventy five, I think that's pretty much everything. I mean, yeah, not too much else to talk about. No, yeah. Good. So yeah. save it all for next week. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, Mike. Nice one. Cheers. Nice one.